Sunday Live on 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. Welcome back to Sunday Live with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. Now, we are going on to our next guest, and we are going to be focusing on the foundation for alcohol. Um, well, we're going to be focusing on um, alcohol fetal syndrome, and we our guest is going to be Liana Olivia, and she's the chief executive at the Foundation for Alcohol-Related Research. Liana, good morning, and welcome to Sunday Live. Good morning, Yazin, and good morning to all the listeners. Yeah. So, look, I mean, let's just get straight to it. What exactly is fetal alcohol syndrome? Now, fetal alcohol syndrome is caused when um, an unborn baby is exposed to alcohol, um, meaning then that the mother is using alcohol during pregnancy. And the alcohol has got a harmful effect on um, the fetus, the unborn baby, especially on the uh, developing cells of the organs of the baby. So any organ can be damaged, um, but because the brain starts developing soon after conception or when the woman falls pregnant, the brain is especially very vulnerable to the harmful effects of alcohol. So a person born with fetal alcohol syndrome or FATS has always got some kind or some form of brain damage. And the brain damage is, of course, lifelong, resulting in learning, behavior, and other types of problems, which we might be able to discuss later on during the interview. So it's a very um, serious problem, um, especially in South Africa. Yeah. Now, I'm also understanding here that the 9th of September, which was just this past week, is commemorated annually as the Fetal Alcohol Syndrome Disease Awareness Day. Is that correct? Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder Day. You're you correct. Um, uh, fetal Alcohol disorder. Spectrum Disorder, FASD, is just a broader umbrella term. So there's a broader term for a couple of conditions um, caused by prenatal alcohol harm. And fetal alcohol syndrome is one of the conditions. Some people refer to it as the worst case or the worst form of this um, spectrum of disorders. And uh, this day was commemorated now again on the 9th of September this week. And it's got a beautiful history, actually, where in 1999, and please just listen to the, the play on the, the, uh, the number nine. In 1999, a group of parents uh, with children with fetal alcohol syndrome got together in Australia and New Zealand. And they were desperate to get information how to manage their children with the behavior and the learning problems. So they went on Internet and linked up with a group in Canada and then decided, um, you know, this is just not on. People shouldn't um, battle to get information and they lobbied for one single awareness day per year to start talking about FASD or fetal alcohol syndrome and then decided on the 9th of September. September is the month with um, the most births, you know, the highest birth rate in in, um, the world and it's obviously because it's just after the festive season in uh, December and January and then also um, a nine month is the symbolizes the nine months that a baby is supposed to develop um, safely in the womb with the u- uterus of the mom, mom without the interference of alcohol. So therefore, it was decided to have it on the 9th of December, 1999. And yeah, so it's it's now commemorated worldwide, um, especially big events in our country as well. 
And then can you also tell us briefly what you do at the Foundation for Alcohol-Related Research? Okay, um, at FAR, we, um, we, the organization, our organization was founded in 1907, uh, um, and, um, we started raising concern about our, uh, the, uh, the big, uh, high prevalence rate of fetal alcohol syndrome in our country. So our main focus, um, initially was on doing research and looking at how big is the problem of uh, uh, FAS in, uh, in our country. And, um, we do have a serious problem. Um, with our research in the Western Cape, Eastern Cape, Northern Cape, Free State and Gauteng, we reported rates as high as uh, 2.7% to 28% of um, people in communities uh, already having a, a fetal alcohol syndrome. Now that might not mean a lot, a lot to listeners, but the World Health Organization reports that the worldwide prevalence of fetal alcohol syndrome is about 1.5%. So in our country, we We've got um, uh, our prevalence rate is about 14 times higher than the rest of the world. So um, nowadays, you know, for the past about um, 15 years, we're also doing awareness programs, um, raising awareness in communities where we work because we we say it's not only the um, uh, responsibility of a pregnant woman uh, to protect her unborn child, but the whole of society sh- should take responsibility in terms of alcohol use. Then we also have pre- prevention programs, specifically our Healthy Mother, Healthy Baby program for pregnant women. And then, of course, uh, the training that we give to professionals, uh, such as health professionals, social workers, the teachers, etc., etc. So, we, uh, at the moment, we've got 13 projects in the country, but our training academy is working nationally. Mm-hmm. So where do you find the highest reported levels of fetal alcohol syndrome in South Africa? Share with us the extent of what we are dealing with here. Yeah, so as I said, there are communities in South Africa where the prevalence rate is um, as high as 28%. It's, it's really um, very sad because the, uh, if you work in communities like that, it, it's devastating just to see the effect of the alcohol-related harm. And those high rates are in the Northern Cape province, but in the Western Cape province, our highest r- rates reported, and this was reported by is another uh, organization, it's an um, American-based organization, who's also, uh, also done research only in um, two areas here in South Africa, and that's in the Western Cape province in two um, areas and they, they've reported the rate of 25%. So basically the, Northern, uh, the Western Cape and the Northern Cape, but with that I need to say as in that we, we haven't done any research as yet in um, provinces like Wululu Natal, Limpopo, Northwest, Mpumalanga um, and so so we've got no idea how big the problem is there. Well I mean if, if uh, what we've seen uh, before, after COVID, uh, alcohol restrictions were lifted. It's a clear indication that a lot of people are, dare I say, even dependent on alcohol, the way people rushed off to shops. So, I mean, if people are consuming alcohol at that levels, I'm not saying it's everybody, but it could be pregnant women too, you know. Um, are these urban or rural, uh, the statistics, where are they mostly landing, urban or rural? Initially, when 
the, the um, research started off in South Africa, and that was by our organization in 1997. It was done in the Western Cape province, and it was done in a wine farming community. And uh, it was widely published in newspapers, etc. the results as well. And by the way, uh, the, the um, rates that were found then was about um, 9.8%. That was the highest rate at that stage. So you can see, you know, we've reported much higher rates in other areas now. So that created the idea that it's only a, a rural problem. And then this absolutely nonsense myth that it's only in certain cultural groups. And also because it was, the research was done in wine farming areas, it was also then strongly linked to the, the TOT system, the Dopstel, so where people were previously paid um, uh, with uh, alcohol, tobacco and, and food. But we know now that this system has become illegal. Um, but uh, our country has got a long-standing history of alcohol, as you correctly said. I mean, just um, think back about the outcry when the alcohol was banned during the COVID-19 um, uh, levels uh, four and five lockdown, and for very valid reasons. So it gives you an idea of how um, how strong our links are, are to alcohol, and then. Um, also, as you said, it, it is, uh, quite often we find that it's a pregnant woman who are also using alcohol. But the reality there is that 78% of pregnancies in South Africa, and this is based on research, are unplanned. So un- well, unfortunately, quite often pregnant women use alcohol without realizing that they are pregnant and then unknowingly um, causing damage to their unborn babies as well. But you are correct if you say we've got a a big problem with alcohol abuse um, in our country. Um, not all people who are using alcohol are abusing it, but there is a, a big problem with alcohol abuse and alcoholism. Yeah. So, so you know, you, you mentioned that previously the DOP system was in use. Is it still in use? Mm. Are people in rural farming communities still being paid with alcohol? Just because this could be a driving factor for, for addiction even. Mm, um, it is. Became illegal in the 90s. So, uh, what actually by law, if you are aware of um, somebody who's practicing the uh, the Dobstelf or the TOT system, you you have to report it to the police and the authorities to be uh, followed up. So, from time to time, we we hear people saying, yes, it's still being practiced, but as soon as we challenge them and say, okay, fine, tell us where it's happening so that we can follow up, then suddenly it, it disappears. And in um, all our research, and um, I think we've, we've interviewed thousands of um, families, women, clients participating in studies, people still in our studies and so on. It's a very um, uh, important part of our research because we want to find out if it's still being practiced. And we, there's no indication that it's being practiced, but um, in some areas it created a legacy of drinking, but our big problem nowadays is, you know, forget about the thought system, etc. It's the illegal liquor outlets, and it is um, the fact that there is a very, very low alcohol literacy amongst the general public. People do not know about the harmful effects of alcohol. They do not know when enough is enough. They do not know what alcohol can do to your body. And then sadly, um, in areas where we haven't worked as yet, it is shocking to um, to come across people who say, I, I didn't know about fetal alcohol syndrome. So um, I think we should look way beyond things like the TOT system and look at the current practices that uh, that are happening nowadays. Mm-hmm. 
Let's look now at the prevention work that, that can be done or that is being done because it seems that now once the baby is born with us, it's, it's, there's no turning back. So it's better to prevent it. Talk to us, please, about the prevention work. Yes, um, it, uh, it is. Um, the reality is that this condition is fetal alcohol syndrome is 100% preventable. Now, that is very easy for us to have a discussion like this and say it's 100% preventable. All you need to do is not to drink alcohol during pregnancy. But what, uh, you know, what I've already um, uh, mentioned is that 78% of pregnancies are unplanned. So women quite often unknowingly expose their babies to the harmful effects of, of alcohol. Um, and it is important um, also to to realize that as soon as one starts planning a pregnancy or if you're um, sexually active and not using a contraceptive, you're at risk of being pregnant and then you should, should abstain from um, using any alcohol. Also, it is um, quite often when I participate in programs like this, I get phone calls afterwards of people saying, I'm pregnant and I used alcohol, what should I do now? And we always say, it's never too late to stop drinking because as soon as you stop drinking you at least stop um, the, the potential harm to the to the unborn baby then um, once a baby is born and the child has got so the child has got fe- uh, fetal alcohol syndrome it is a very difficult condition to to diagnose because you need a um, medical specialist to look at the child you need a, um, a psychologist to do the psychological testing and you need an in-depth interview with the mum, the biological uh, mother of the child. And only when you put those three reports together you can make a confirmed diagnosis of fetal alcohol syndrome. So it's not readily available for everybody, but one should just go to the clinic or your private doctor and have a discussion about that or phone our organisation. And then, of course, it is better to get a diagnosis as soon as possible so that the parents can get guidance on what to do with the child, how to manage the child, especially when the child goes to school. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think we're going to leave it at that for now. Um, do you have any closing remarks, any advice, any other information that you'd like to share with our listeners? I, I always say to uh, people, please, now that you know, you might not be using um, alcohol and you might not have a problem with um, alcohol use and abuse, but please do not keep this message um, to yourself. Share it with other people. Make other people aware of fetal alcohol syndrome and be the brave person. When you've got a friend or family member who is pregnant, be the brave person to say, at my party that I'm having tonight or my dinner that I'm serving tonight, we're either going to have an alcohol-free party or we're going to have alcohol-free drinks for you to drink cold drinks or whatever, and I'm going to join you as the body to support you not to uh, to drink during uh, during your pregnancy. Because it's a very lonely journey for pregnant women, and it's, it's a heavy burden also for women to carry all these responsibilities of, uh, of health. And then also the partners, I'm calling on the partners, please help the woman to have um, safer pregnancies and babies born without fetal alcohol syndrome. Mm-hmm. Leona, thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Live and all the best with your work. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the program and have a beautiful Sunday.